Welcome to another episode of And When I Say I Mean. This is Adrian. And this is Austin. Welcome, friends. <laughs> yes, and today we are going to be discussing an article from Austin's new favorite place, the Atlantic. Um, not the ocean. Not It's not the ocean. <laughs> it is a magazine. Do they even still make a magazine anymore? I don't it looks know. Looks like it. Um, but anyways, um, this uh, this article is from last March, uh, right before YouTube TV came out. Um, it's talking about um, does this mean the end of cable TV? Um, which, to be honest, is, has kind of been. I think cable TV has been on its way out. This article talks about how. Um, in 2000, it was like at its peak um, with like 68 million households subscribed to cable TV. And now, um, as of 2017, it was around like 49 million. Um, so that's that's a pretty significant decrease in almost 20 years um, and probably is going to continue to to decrease. Um, so if you're not if you're not familiar, YouTube TV um basically what's that if you're not familiar with tv <laughs> not tv i'm saying youtube yeah. tv um essentially youtube tv is just a slimmed down version of your cable tv so you're only getting like um all everything that's owned by disney which is like abc espn um disney um comcast which is nbc USA and some other things and Fox. Um, and so you're getting some like, I don't know, I want to say like almost 20 channels and you're only paying $35 a month, which this article said that like the average cable TV bill right now is over a hundred dollars a month, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, especially considering, go ahead. Full disclosure. I don't have cable. Uh, do you? Uh, we do have cable um, for the exact thing that this article mentioned. Um, so me and my roommates decided to get cable as opposed to one of these other um, smaller internet things just because we wanted to watch sports, um, which this article but points out is the chief YouTube reason TV. a lot of people. Right. Although when we were ordering our cable, YouTube TV was only in like a few regions. Mm. And and we were not in that. Also, the other thing is you have to have good internet. Um, it's true. So if you have like a bunch of people online, and then it's like, oh, I want to watch football, and then the internet's slow, it's gonna be bad. The cable's right. never slow. Um. So I guess then my question is, um, do you actually think that this is the end of cable TV? Um, I don't think there's going to be any one end. I think it'll just be something that slowly dies. Like there's, there wasn't like an end of radio, like the radio still exists, but it's not the force that it was, um, in the, like from 1900 to 1970, it's, it's, Radio is still a thing, but it's not your dominant cultural force. Um, 
Mm-hmm. So I I think cable TV is is kind of be the, probably going to be the same thing. Um, people, some people will still have it. Uh, though I I don't even think it'll have the the legs of radio because mm-hmm. radio has helped that everyone has a car. Uh, but I I think TV is just going to be something that ages out. I learned an interesting fact this week that uh, baby boomers actually watch the most TV of any current generation um, or past generation. <laughs> Is that really <laughs> surprising? Uh, no, it, it's um, it's just like anti-stereotype, right? Like, oh, those darn millennials watching their televisions and... Uh, Though I mean, we spend more time on the internet, uh, right? It, it, is it is it the baby boomers like watch more network television, or it's just television in general? They watch more television. So I learned that, um, according to a a book with limited sources, Fire and Fury, our beloved president <laughs> watches uh, four to eight hours what of television a day. What is Fire and Fury? Fire and Fury is currently the number one bestseller. Uh, in the nation, it's a book published, um, I think, last week uh, by, uh, I keep thinking his name is Wolf Blitzer, but it's not because Wolf Blitzer is a newscaster, um, about the Trump White House. Um, so, Michael Wolf is the author's name. I watched an interview with him where he said you should believe everything in the book, uh, even though he does not have sources for everything because he he says that in the White House you hear conflicting versions of everything, so he had to use his judgment about what's true and not. So that makes me kind of question it. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> so why? Uh, anyways. But anyway, he said. President Trump watches 48 hours of television a day, which the average for a baby boomer is four hours of television a day. So that that's not even uh, a large amount of television for a baby boomer. Uh, for which a is second, kind of I thought you said I thought you said 48 hours of television. No, 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 a day. that's impossible. Like, <laughs> that's not possible. Um, four two eight. Okay. So that's I I think that's indicative of what's going to be the case for television just older people are going to want like people who have always had cable aren't going to get rid of cable and rebellious youths such as myself and our older brother are just never going to have cable Um, i don't even i don't even think that you are the rebellious one in that case i think that if you would ask like um if you would poll people leaving college mm-hmm. or like within five years of graduating from college, I would say a majority of them do not have cable. Yeah. Um, it like my, our mom texted me yesterday and said, Austin, are you watching football? And I was like, no, who's even, who's even playing? It's, isn't it like a Monday night? Um, and like, I have no way to watch it even if I could. Um, Apparently it was the national championship game, uh, which I did not see. Uh, but like watching things live, or even like 
watching things on a schedule is just not something that I do. Um, right. If it's on Netflix, I watch it. Or I watch YouTube. Right, which is a which is like everyone our generation. Not YouTube right? television. Right. Just, but just another great, another thing about YouTube t- YouTube TV, right, is that you have I'm pretty sure you have like infinite um what do they call it? DVR. Mm. Where you can just like record live TV and just watch it whenever you want, essentially giving us exactly what we want. Um or we can just watch it on YouTube later. Um, See, right, but doesn't like for me sports Reddit exists. Um and Reddit is good at finding links to streams of the game, which is questionably legal. Uh but that like if I'm desperate for a sports game, wow, I sound I sound like an old <laughs> person when I say that. Um that's what I do. I'm not going to spend $35 a month to watch like three NFL playoff games. I guess that's fair. Um, I I think, yeah. Okay. Well, I can see that. But I, I also think that like now that I'm not in college, that's less appealing. Like, okay. I'll actually pay for this so I can actually watch it in not terrible um, quality. So I think that there still is some validity to um, getting this, even if you're just going to get all of your sports on Reddit. I don't think that a large number of people are going to just be like, oh, I don't need to spend money on anything because I can just get it on Reddit because we're also just Um, cheap people in general. Yeah, but I mean, I guess if if I wanted to watch live news broadcasts, I could do that. But, like, the news is always posting videos. They always have articles. Just read them. I guess I read more than... I think most people read things. Um, but I like I don't feel like I'm missing out by missing live news or live sports, which seems that that seems like what YouTube TV is offering. Um, I think what what would be more interesting or what is more interesting is the um, like fracturing of the audience that you get when you lose cable Mm -hmm. like if cable to tv doesn't exist you get a much wider variety of outlets which i think provides a a wider variety of content and niche content which i mean we already see so i i think a more interesting question is though we i mean we kind of already talked about this is is uh being more supportive of niche interests and shows good or bad for uh culture at large mm-hmm. um i think yeah again it depends uh, depends on how you look at it and we probably have talked about some of this a little bit in previous episodes but like 
it's good in the sense that it's like okay now we are you can get all sorts of content out there which i think in in the best of cases actually provides a lot of creativity um and and opens a lot of doors for things that wouldn't have been done you know even five ten years ago Mm -hmm. um it also takes away from the well it, this is like a double-edged sword, right? It takes away yeah. from if you're looking at news broadcasts, right? It takes away from like, okay, here's the major news source telling everybody the same thing, but then you also have then the opposite side of that is like, okay, everybody's getting everything that they just want to hear, um, and so it's like, okay, do I? There's really, I don't, I. It's hard to find a happy medium mm-hmm. um, where it's like, okay, here is something that's actually kind of balanced or but this also kind of fits what i want to listen to i don't know so i think there's good and bad things to it mm-hmm. um i think i'm not too concerned about it i think in the end it's it's probably f- good um again just because it's it, it, it just provides more room for more things that wouldn't have been done again like we had talked about and i don't know another one episode about just like netflix now can make its own tv shows um Mm -hmm. and like shows like stranger things which go to network television and then don't get accepted can go to netflix and be like hey let's take a risk on this and it turns out being something that's pretty good though i don't i don't obviously yeah i wanted to say that Network television is less risk taking than like Netflix or YouTube, and well, that's definitely true. Uh, but there, like, there are cable channels that I think are very risk taking in what shows get made, um, like FX and um, like Atlanta, which I haven't seen, but I hear is very good. Um, breaks the the uh what 30 rock calls the rule of you can't have two black people in a show atlanta i think is um primarily like almost everyone in the show is african-american and it's about um their lives the wires like that though the wires hbo so i don't i think there are oh there's always been people in places that are willing to take risks you can just take more of them because there's more outlets um, now. Right. So I think, I think the transition away from cable is different than a lot of other media transitions, like from radio to television. It's a completely different medium and technology um, where everything is image dominated and people have written better books than I can talk about. Uh, like amusing ourselves to death about what what TV means for the culture and how it compares to radio. Mm-hmm. I would say this this transition isn't it is about new technology, but it's not technology that's as transparently different as radio and television. It's a, a difference in technology. Of, that's just the internet. Um, right. Everything's still primarily visual. Um, in the same way that television is, it's just 
fragmentation. So, and yeah, I think there there's obviously good things about that. Like I can s see niche interests in a way that I couldn't on uh, network television. Like if I wanted to watch a um, a show that's just dedicated to people talking about weird ideas and how can we apply those weird ideas to popular culture like PBS idea channel rest in peace uh, the greatest YouTube channel in the world I can I, that that doesn't exist on television because YouTube is a social media and it fosters people discussing things which often mm -hmm. often ends in disaster I will agree <laughs> Um, but it doesn't people have to. People discussing things? Well, I know. People on YouTube discussing things. Right, right. Um, but I, and that, but it also leads to people seeing things, oh, the only the things that they want to see, um, and losing the coherent, I'm going to say narrative of the culture, even though I hate that. Um, right with a more fragmented news landscape you can see the things that you want to see mm -hmm. um some people say or you can see more the more real things that happen some so some people say that's good like um police shootings are now available on like some are streamed on facebook live mm -hmm. um which is terrible and those are, are things that we should be aware of that I mean we we hadn't seen in the the homogenized news mm -hmm. time so with yeah with kind of with every media shift there are good and bad things about it um, so are the good to the good things outweigh the bad things yeah and I think even in that that mess of like okay am i just listening to what i want to hear it again also opens up for like kind of what you're getting at is like all the voices to be heard right it's, mm -hmm. it's not like um so in, in that sense it, it should be kind of painting a better picture of the narrative if you want to use that term um even though it's not going to be um as condensed or easy to understand because it's going to be coming from so many different outlets. Um, so, so unless you're really like striving for it, you're probably not going to be able to see that. But I think in general, and I think we've seen that in the internet already, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's just kind of like everything's on the internet. Everything is just everywhere. Um, and so you can easily find what you want to, what you want to hear. Um, yeah, you just have to Google it. Um, go ahead if you have any other thoughts on that. Yeah, well, and I mean, just the the amount of media that's available now is outrageous. Mm -hmm. Like the amount that's uploaded to YouTube every second is just like staggering. There's there's no way to be aware of everything. Um, I shouldn't reference Tolstoy, but um, is is there a loss in the loss of common 
like perceptions of things or yeah i mean it's kind of the same question is it is it better to have a common understanding of things or is it better to like democratize things i mm-hmm. guess so mm-hmm. everyone has a voice cuz some people's voices are are maybe better left unsaid um and sometimes a common understanding is misleading right i mean that's kind of a whole nother can of worms and maybe and also another big topic i think right now is is do we listen to all those voices equally or do we try to filter it i think well not even equally like do we do we allow it to yeah do we allow them to to have their say and that that i mean that that is the the appeal of the the niche media structure right mm-hmm. right two random people can just post whatever they want right nobody can stop them they can just go online and just start talking away about mm-hmm. random ideas yep who would ever do that um but yeah i, I think that where the trajectory of at least our nation is heading is that you there there is a desire for for more of that more mm-hmm. of those niche things more of those voices being heard um at least to some extent depending on who you ask and who they're talking about but um yeah i, I think mean, it's good in some ways and bad in other ways right right um so and i have another question if you're ready to move on sure um there was something that i was thinking about saying but i yeah i forget what it is now okay if you think about it bring sure. it up again um but what what if anything do these networks do to try to survive this shift um or is it i guess the question i guess kind of did you figure out what you were going to say I do. I did. Yeah, but finish this. Okay, go. Okay, I'll finish what I'm saying. I guess maybe it's not necessarily the networks because the networks are kind of still going to exist. But what do like the cable providers, um, I guess, do to try to survive? Uh, I'll. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what they do. Um, right after this short intermission, it shocks me when people write news articles like oh the ratings for the nfl are down and then i i read this and i'm like duh i don't know anyone who owns i don't know anyone who has cable i don't know anyone who like sets aside their entire sunday to just to watch football like my parents and people their age do i do that a lot of sundays Okay, I know one person who does that, but <laughs> I don't know anybody else that's in like the same station of life as me. Um, like Although on their own. Although if I didn't own. have cable, I wouldn't. Right. It's like, oh, I can't believe all these ratings are down. I'm like, do you have you talked to anyone like thirty or under? Do you do you know them? Um. It seems like they they don't. Um, anyway, that's what I was going to... And so my response to this is that the uh, cable networks 
see so this is a big deal on on YouTube um, adpocalypse and the preference for traditional media outlets on fa on YouTube over uh, creators a lot of people who create content for YouTube are pretty upset with uh, with the system right now uh, because people who are not YouTubers seem to be being preferred over like homegrown um, content creators. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I mean, that seems to be pretty undeniably true. If you look at uh, YouTube's Rewind, which is uh, a video that they put out at the end of every year to show the, the current creators and, trendsetters on YouTube this year like Stephen Colbert bookended the YouTube rewind for 2017 Stephen Colbert has nothing to do with YouTube other than uh, whatever network he's on ABC I have no idea he's on a network they take his show split into 10 minute clips and post them all on YouTube and mm -hmm. they're always trending they always get millions of views uh, and like every network does that Right. So uh, to that point too, like I think that's the only reason why um late night shows are still alive. I mean, think about SNL. Who watches SNL on Saturday night? Like nobody that I know of. Again, who knows? Maybe lots of people do. But everybody knows all of the new skits, well, not all the new skits, but the the best new skits. Why? Because they're just put on YouTube and everybody watches them on YouTube all the time. Um, mm -hmm. so again, yeah. Anyways, continue. Um, I mean, that's, it's so me being cynical, but I mean, that's probably true. I'm sure networks are just paying YouTube to have their content preferred. There was a, so PewDiePie is been, according to the YouTube community, just been thrown under the bus by Who YouTube. Is who is PewDiePie? PewDiePie is a guy named Felix who had the, the biggest YouTube channel for a long time um, and then was caught up in a lot of controversies uh, for being maybe anti-Semitic, satirically anti-Semitic. Anyway, uh, and things keep happening to him and YouTube ha never has his back mm -hmm. uh, if you ask the YouTube community. So the the latest thing that happened, his his um, video where he was he was talking about and trying to raise money for the I think the victims of Hurricane Harvey uh, was demonetized, but um, Jimmy Kimmel's video, or like the video of Jimmy Kimmel's monologue that was posted on YouTube, was not demonetized. Um, so they, they still showed ads and they made ad revenue from that video while PewDiePie did not. Neither of them really need the ad revenue. Right. Uh, but it's it's more of a principle that the the traditional news or the, the traditional media seems immune to the rules that YouTube is imposing on mm -hmm. the people that helped create YouTube. Right. Which is actually interesting that you say that because um, recently one of my favorite YouTube content creators, 
Rhett and Link and their Good Mythical Morning have gone completely over to being essentially like, I don't know how it all works, but they're like run by YouTube now. And that kind of shocked me when they decided to do that because I was like, why would they kind of like let themselves be kind of controlled in some, to some extent? I don't know the full extent of it, but be controlled by YouTube because that seems to be against like um, the whole idea of a content creator on YouTube is that they can mm-hmm. just kind of do whatever they want. Um, but then like what you're saying here makes complete sense, right? If If they are i mean they do very well on youtube before they before they started going into whatever contract they had with youtube now but like if if this is true i mean what better way to continue to do well on youtube than have youtube backing you um right even if even if they're not gonna get demonetized right exactly even if they have to kind of do do things slightly differently than they would or or Mm -hmm. be contained a little bit you're kind of cementing yourself into that spot where um, at least as, as far as I can see, are, are they're kind of the first people to do it of the big, the big YouTube um, content creators right now of just kind of cementing that spot in there so that they don't get completely overrun by these late night shows that are just posting videos that get more views than, you know, right. The other so ones. I, like, I think that's how, I think that's how cable survives. Mm-hmm. It's by taking over and expanding into the media that's like trying to replace it, right? Um, it's it's kind of like it's kind of the same worry of of the loss of net neutrality. Yeah, like taking control and taking the the democratization, the like wild west of the internet. And making it controlled by the people who have money, the people who have had power, um, who you know now are in control of cable networks. Right, and and I'm I'm just thinking about this now. Like, if we're scared about like what are what are the cable companies or the networks trying to tell us? It's like we should be terrified of like YouTube and their algorithms, right? Like. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're just determining what what we see on our in a lot of well maybe this sounds really pessimistic but like in a lot of ways they control what comes up when I type in YouTube to my you know into right. my bar like they're they are determining what I get to see they're determining which one gets the most you know scream time or whatever almost um, which we could end up in the <laughs> back into the concern of okay what is this company trying to tell the world right um and youtube and twitter the most wild west of of all places both of them have increased their their standards for for censorship um in light of very like reasonable things and things that should be censored um but yeah, a, a lot of what made the internet the internet and YouTube YouTube uh, is now coming under under fire mm-hmm. from people wanting to uh, like kind of take back control uh, in, to my mind and the kind of shock of what letting everyone say whatever they want mm-hmm. ends up meaning a lot of the time yeah 
another bonus recommendation that I'm going to enter in here is um, I I talked about a while back about is it Matt well, Pat because I, I want yeah. to as well yeah. yeah Matt Pat released a film theory I don't know when it was probably he, no he does a yearly game theory about YouTube really so mm-hmm. he has at least one or two or I've watched one fairly recently where he talks about basically how Minecraft created or just exploded on youtube um and then he also follows it to see how youtube kind of responded to that and Mm -hmm. how um they youtube you know tweaked their algorithm so that minecraft wasn't just showing up absolutely everywhere um Mm -hmm. so it's very interesting go check that out um yeah he does he does a yearly like state of youtube uh game theory Mm mm-hmm uh, where he, yeah, it's mostly about the algorithm for recommending videos, how it changes, and how that those changes affect what content becomes popular. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one he, he talks about PewDiePie and one and how he became, you know, the biggest YouTube channel in the world. A, a lot thanks to YouTube's algorithm. Like I don't want to say he doesn't produce good content or anything, but you know he was producing content that youtube wanted produced mm-hmm. um so they encouraged that um yeah and i a lot of people talk about how how much control algorithms have over our lives and i think that's becoming even more so facebook recently uh changed its its news feed back to what it used to be uh where it's only your friends in a couple countries and it like destroyed businesses there because a lot of their their advertising and traffic comes from social media and if they're no longer be like showing up in people's news feeds that you know kind of wrecks all of their advertising so at and facebook made that change without consulting anyone or like alerting people that this was going to happen it just happens Mm -hmm. so i don't know how we got here I don't know either. But yeah, the yeah, I'm gonna sound like cynical and you know, the the world's controlled by corporate elites in in this, but I mean money gets things done. Mm-hmm. I I think cable isn't gonna mean like the loss of physical cables giving T V service to people isn't gonna m- mean all oh, these cable networks are going to fall apart. They're just going to change to take advantage of how people want to receive right. media. No, I think that's... Because they uh, have the money and right. resources to do it. Right. And, and you, yeah, we see that already. It already mm-hmm. is. I, I'm even thinking of AccuWeather, right? Like, mm-hmm. AccuWeather is n- not on TV. It's not it's like the Weather Channel but they create their own little clips of videos that you would see, you know, like if you were just watching the weather channel. Um, but then they just, just post those. Um, they don't make full like shows or whatever. They just do these little clips. And so basically they're, they're saying, Hey, like this is what people want. Why would we, you know, give them something that they, that they aren't going to. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I guess we'll kind of, I don't know, maybe try to wrap this up. Do we think 
do you think this is heading in a good direction? Have we already answered that question? Um, um, final final thoughts. I guess final thoughts. Uh, things are moving. I think, especially in the last year, there's been a big movement towards kind of controlling what gets produced and said on the internet. A lot of that's for good reasons. A lot of that's for people with money trying to keep making money. Um, So, I think you... Yeah, I I don't know. There's, I mean, there's good and bad to that. You mm-hmm. curtail a lot of, because a lot of terrible things are said and done on the internet. And if you can curtail that, that's great. But that, because of how, like, ad structures are, the, like, the lifeblood of everyone on YouTube, making those more stringent and being, like, cutting off everything that's, that's even remotely uh, questionable, you do end up hurting and, like, destroying a lot of the independent creators that YouTube was YouTube's bread and butter. Right, right. It, it, it's, almost, it's almost not, I don't know, and maybe this is wrong or a false observation, but just, like, talking about it, it's not, it's not, not necessarily, like, the death of cable TV, it, it it's changing how we get cable TV, but it's almost mm-hmm. like the death of YouTube um, in the sense that hmm. cable TV is now taking over YouTube. Yeah. Um, we no longer have the, you know, I mean, you still, obviously you're still going to have the cat videos and the other content creators, but YouTube, I, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I feel like where it's heading is YouTube is not going to be, the place that it used to be of, of mainly content mm-hmm. creators and mainly just random videos. It's going to be, it's, it's not even now, right? It's going to be a complete takeover of, of those networks utilizing like they have already thought about it, right? Like we're talking about it now, but they've, mm-hmm. <laughs> they've seen this coming. They know that they need to get there. And because they, I'm sure saw even longer ago that their that cable TV was going to, you know, die out right. in the way that it is coming. Um, again, I, 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 obviously I think that it's good to be aware of, of YouTube's algorithms and what that's saying, but I would also not be terrified of it. Um, I still, it's not like YouTube is thrown Unless ran. you're a creator on YouTube. Unless and- you're a creator on YouTube. Um, but for me as a, just a viewer of YouTube, I just, YouTube always shows me the stuff that I want to see anyways, um, based on what I've, looked at in the past is that um, bad though maybe it is bad but at least i um, i don't know maybe it is you know what to expect. right it's it's not like it, it's not like youtube is like saying oh you need to watch this news network because blah blah blah, blah that's what we want you to do it's like mm-hmm. i i don't get the sense of that it, it's yeah the, because in a, in a lot of ways their goal isn't to try to do that i would hope not at least their goal is to try to just help you find more content that you would enjoy um well I mean, but then again maybe that's you kind stay of nice. on youtube as long as, as right. long as possible but i i think the i mean what really shows 
to me, the biggest shift, and it, it happened in the last couple months. Uh, Colbert now, at the end of all of his clips, has him asking people to like, like, share, and subscribe, like every YouTuber does, because YouTubers right. know that that's that's the best way to get people to like, share, and subscribe is to ask them to do it. So, uh, cable networks are catching up. They right. They know they know what's up, um, and so now, at the end of every clip, Colbert tells me to like share and subscribe i don't um but <laughs> people do yep so for me as just a user of media i'm excited because i don't have to pay over a hundred dollars a month to get espn i can pay 35 dollars a month and get espn but as a whole of where things are going I think it'll be okay, but it, it it we will see just a continuation of the more diversity of, of content that's just there, that's you know given to us, which, again, we've already talked about, is good and bad. I don't. Know, I think it's going to get less diverse as time goes on. So. I think I think so as well. I think that you will see it kind of funnel down. It it, it yeah. It, it it's been an explosion outward of just like mm-hmm. let's get everything and now eventually I think it's gonna kind of taper off. So, uh, in conclusion, recommendations. Um, shoot, I thought I had something, and then I completely forgot about it. I've got one. Go for it. So, uh, I just finished reading a book, um, called The Remains of the Day is by Kazuo Ishiguro. I've been uh, reading a lot of Japanese authors lately. He is a Japanese-British author um, who just won the Nobel Prize for literature, um, not a songwriter, which is you know pretty shocking this year. Uh, anyway, The Remains of the Day, it's great. It's unbelievably British. Um it's about a butler reflecting on what it means to be a great butler. Uh, and uh, it's al- it also reflects on Britain's role in maybe leading to World War II. So anyway, it's a very, uh, it's a very post-war British book, but it's great. It's, uh, it's like anticlimactic in the best way possible, if that makes any sense to um, the ending is it's just building up to this moment the whole time and then you don't get any of it it's like the end of uh, the end of the the Iliad where you're we're waiting for everything to happen and then nothing does but it it does it and it, it it's, the ending is just poignant and uh, great so the remains of the day Sounds good. My recommendation for this week is listen to the Oh Hellos. Um, mm. They've recently just had a new EP come out called Notos. Notos. I think it's Notos. N O T O S. Um, it is the name of like the Greek god of something. I forget. But anyways, I looked it up one time. Regardless, 
this has definitely been what I listened to a lot recently. Um, if you are tired of this miserable cold winter, listen to this because it will remind you of summertime. Um, and you'll be just sitting under a tree looking up at the stars with the bugs chirping in the background and you'll think of warmer times. Um, and if maybe you, if, so that's if you just are looking for to be warm. But if you're just looking for good music, check mm-hmm. it out because it's fantastic. Um, as well as all of their other music is also just fantastic. So check them out. The Oh Hellos, their new album, Notos. All right. Thanks for joining us. Yes, uh, thank you. Will, uh, you'll hear us next week. We yeah, see you. we'll see you. I don't know. I, I like just saying we'll see you next week. All right. Yeah, sure. All right. See ya.